Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 62 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. The Freedom Hammer, a.k.a. Kemba Nizo Walker. And man, we are back with another episode after Thanksgiving break. I left y'all off for a week and now we're back into it. We are going to get into a lot of things, especially some breaking news on Antonio Brown, who's been suspended after faking his COVID vaccination card. But we are also going to get into the Ennis Cantor Freedoms clout chasing my five five picks for the NFL this week, the AFC playoff picture and some heartwarming thanksgiving altruism with some of our favorite athletes but let's not waste any time and get right into the show welcome to the tee off oh spill that tea sis this is how i like to start the show i like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes and some of the crazy situations they get themselves into and originally i was gonna pop up here and talk to y'all about ennis Cantor. And we still will, don't get me wrong, but we have to start with Antonio Brown, which is some breaking news because I'm finally recording on a Thursday night. Look, Antonio Brown was suspended three games for misrepresenting himself as a vaccinated player, according to the NFL and the NFL's Player Association. This is important because this is the first time the NFL and the NFL Player Association have ever jointly punished a player, and that is reported by Ian Rappaport. So look, he was suspended with two other players, lesser known, John Franklin III, who's currently a free agent, and Mike Edwards, who also plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They did not say the other two players were using fake vaccination cards, but they were suspended the same amount of time as Antonio Brown, three games. So, like, let's just put the mat together. Like, let's just back up and get into some of the background of the story. Antonio Brown's chef a couple weeks ago accused him of using a fake vaccination card, which he said he has supplied him. Because Antonio Brown did not pay like $10,000 plus that he was owed to Antonio Brown's personal chef. Now, the least that they were investigating it, and this is what we got from it. And the Bucks actually helped them with the investigation. I will say that it's important to just kind of handle one thing. The first thing I want to handle is the Aaron Rodgers example that people are going to. This is like super low-hanging fruit and not even a good concept. Aaron Rodgers to the league, was always unvaccinated. To the public, that is different. Aaron Rodgers applied for a waiver. That waiver was denied. And the whole time, the league never thought Aaron Rodgers was vaccinated. Antonio Brown, on the other hand, proceeded to go several steps beyond Aaron Rodgers and forge a vaccination card, allegedly. Now, I do say allegedly because, as always, Antonio Brown's not gonna just outright say that he did it and in fact i'll even show you the statement from his lawyer this is what they say mr brown is vaccinated and continues to support the vaccine for any person whom it is appropriate the nfl made his determination instead of going through the drawn out and distancing process of the challenging outcome mr brown wrapped this up promptly now it's important to note they do mention his ankle injury here he was not going to play two at least two of these three games and Anyway, because of injury, he's been out for quite some time. So I understand why he might not want to fight it. But Antonio Brown, mm, let's be honest. I actually think that he probably did use a fake vaccination card. And in fact, I think this is a bigger problem than we are recognizing. Now, there's an article that I kind of want to bring to people's attention here. This one here by Caitlin Calher about fake vaccination cards in the NFL or whether or not they're a real problem. I have been harping on this for quite some time because this article is actually quite, quite good. And it's like, this is a bigger problem than you 
you recognize. They are quoting agents here that are saying that they believe up to 10 to 15% of the league is using a fake vaccination card. Players in other leagues, professionally the United States, have already been using fake vaccination cards and have been caught. I bet that this is way bigger than the NFL would like to admit. And for the most part, they're not going to look any further if they can. Like, you got to get snitched on to get caught. This is not a problem that they want to have to deal with. So we are going to kind of flip back to the other side of this. And that's what I originally wanted to talk to you all about. That's like the Ennis Cantor story. Now, Ennis Cantor, for those who may not be familiar with Ennis Cantor, he has been in the league for like 10 years. He's a Turkish player. And y'all probably heard his name here and there recently in the news, especially because he's becoming a United States citizen. And you've also more likely probably heard about him calling out the Chinese government for the treatment of the Uyghur people and the Tibetan people and go and get LeBron James specifically for his connection to Nike and Nike's connection to China. Then honestly, he's just clout chasing for causes at this point. And I want to talk about this issue because it's a little bit complex. If you ask me right on a lot of levels, like what Ennis Cantor is fighting for is a legitimate cause, right? And authoritarian that's repressive governments is something that he has a unique connection to being from Turkey that he, he has voiced on multiple occasions that he believes that the Turkish government is trying to kill him. They have put out an international warrant for his arrest, right? And his criticism of LeBron James in a vacuum is also fair. Even though it's quite old at this point, he's bringing up a two-year-old comment that LeBron James made on some relatively clout-chasing stuff about Daryl Morey working for the Houston Rockets saying that he was not informed on the issue of China when he made a tweet that was relatively controversial that we wouldn't get into. Now, the more recent and more important things about this is he's actually been recently going on Fox News and other conservative networks and playing puppet boy for a lot of problematic people, saying problematic things himself. And in this effort, it's just like he wants to get eyes, eyes on the issues that he thinks are important. And we have talked about those issues and why they may be important. So on Monday this week, he went on Tucker Carlson. And this is where a lot of the tea actually gets spilt, right? He goes on Tucker Carlson and he is doing an interview with Tucker Carlson. And of course, he tells his stories about the repressive government he's come from. He tells people about why he decided to change his last name. Yes, Ennis Cantor Freedom now is on the back of the jersey. He is now Mr. Freedom, a.k.a. the Freedom Hammer, as he continues to dunk on people for his social causes. But what really hit me here was Tucker kind of gave him a prompt, and he was just like, how do you feel about your teammates? Do you think they're as grateful to be Americans as you? And this is where it got me fucked up, because if y'all know anything about Tucker Carlson, he loves to go with like LeBron James. He it's on the very, very right of the spectrum. Right. And, you know, what that sometimes comes with. And and his character took the bait and went for it. He says this. People should really feel blessed to be in America. They love to criticize it. But when you live in a country like Turkey or China, you appreciate the freedoms you have here. I feel like they should keep their mouth shut and stop criticizing the greatest nation in the world, and they should focus on their freedoms and their human rights and democracy. 
Look, this got on my nerves for several, several reasons. Now, one, and it's cancer. I know you're new to this whole democracy thing and America, but after a decade of being in America, you got to understand that the very freedom of speech you are praising on national TV is the exact same reason why people should criticize the government when the government does wrong. But for some reason, this dude gets up here in arms about the Tibetan people, how they are repressed, how this is an ethical issue, and how they cannot speak out against their government's wrongdoings, then told people in the United States to shut up about their government's wrongdoings. Sway, how do you explain this? Now look, the second thing that really bothered me here was that when Tucker Carlson asked about his teammates, he really didn't have to say anything about his teammates. He really decided to parrot the shut up and dribble mentality, and that was on purpose. Like, that is not a coincidence on national TV. And it's weird because the Endless Cantor tried to say, like, look, I know there's politics involved, and I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I don't do politics. I only do human rights. Like, you have picked who you want to sit across from, the message that you want to parrot, and then the way that you have parroted it. Right. Ennis Cantor should not be the opposite of LeBron James in this situation. People criticize LeBron James because he only understood he only decided to focus at that moment on the trials and tribulations of the people in the United States that he had a connection to personally, black people. Ennis Cantor is focusing on the external issues internationally and wants to miss the entire point of what's going on domestically at home. You just got here, bro. You, your name is Ennis Cantor Freedom, and you're celebrating the freedom of the United States, but yet you've missed the entire purpose of that freedom. Now, look, I don't expect any of these things to change for Ennis Cantor. What he is clearly doing is clout chasing for eyes towards a cause. So, like, Ennis Cantor, is he onto something, right? And is he just going about the wrong way? I am interested to see how much longer the freedom hammer can ring. And that was your tee off. All right. All right. Look, we're going to hop right back into it and we are going to get into the two minute warning where I give you some of the biggest sports news of the week in two minutes or less. All right. Let's start with some Bulls action. The Bulls and the Heat were fined two second round picks, one respectively each for tampering with Kyle Lowry and Lazo Ball. And on the one hand, this is weird for me because they don't award the picks to the teams that were tampered with. So it's not like the Pelicans and Raptors got an extra second round pick. They did not get one for losing the players that they lost to the Bulls in the Heat. The picks just instead don't exist in the draft at all, which is kind of weird and absolutely dumb because these rules were strengthened in the first place for situations like 80 to the Lakers. The Lakers clearly tampered with AD. May that be the only team he wanted to be traded to. Now, you would want to punish the tampering team, which you did, but shouldn't you also want to help the small market teams that are losing their players and being tampered with? Like, this system is broken because there's no form of compensation for the teams that are supposedly kind of getting screwed out of the deal. Now, on the other hand, for Chicago fans like myself represent... We got Lonzo Ball for now. Two second-round picks, Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadoransky. That is highway robbery. Lonzo Ball is averaging 12 points, five rebounds, five assists, and two steals a game. 
while playing excellent defense and being a cornerstone for us at the one. I just can't help but say that there's nothing but wins all over this. Now, the next thing that's up here in NBA news for me, Kemba Walker, a.k.a. Kemba needs a walker. What's going on here? He's been completely removed from the Knicks rotation. And this is a little weird because we haven't seen Kemba succeed in any of his last two stops, basically since he was in Charlotte where he did not get the money that he wanted from him, Jay, and now that kind of seems like that's a good idea. Now, Kemba is currently averaging a career low across the board in points, rebounds, and assists. He is a defensive liability and has been for quite some years, but he is a defensive liability in a defensive coach's scheme, which is Tom Thibodeau. This is not looking like the storybook homecoming that we wanted it to be, and the Knicks are currently being outscored 13 points per 100 possessions every time that he is on the floor i just don't think there's a real good outing here like maybe someone picks him up later there's a lot of buzz around the kemba wall for kemba walker for john wall deal but that doesn't make any sense whatsoever because there's a 35 million dollar per year gap on those contracts john wall seems like an absolute buyout even though he's not playing right now all right next Yo, the, the Packers are the best team in the NFC, and I just got to put that out here right now. They beat the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. Rodgers has been dealing on teams with nine toes and a possible. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones is a combination as a deadly backfield, and we are talking about how the multiple running back system is what wins right now. Their defense continues to make plays week in and week out, and no other team in the NFC has looked this consistent going forward. Look, the Cardinals finally get D-Hop and Kyler Murray back, and they are the only other team that can be competitive for the best team in the NFC crown right now. I have to see a big, big week from them while Green Bay is on their bye for me to think anything different. That is your two-minute warning. We are going to keep the flow moving pretty hard, and I want to get into the 5-5 five, five picks because y'all didn't get picks from me last week. Y'all didn't get picks from me last week. I took Thanksgiving off, spent some time with my family and mine, but I am actually feeling really, really good about these five picks that I got for y'all. We will start off with the Broncos versus the Chiefs. The Broncos, nine-and-a-half point underdogs this week and look y'all got to put some respect on the broncos defense they are number three in points allowed denver also has the backs to run the ball and eat up clock with long drives and we know teddy bridgewater likes to cut down on those mistakes however i'm not going to say that the chiefs are going to lose this game but I will 100% take Denver with the points the chiefs are one in five at home against the spread and the one that they have is that Dallas meltdown. I am loving the Broncos plus nine and a half. My second pick going in here, I got the Giants versus the Dolphins. The Finns are favored by five, and I am absolutely with this. The Finns are hot. Won four of their last four games by an average of 12 points. Tua has been healthy and dealing the ball. Flores finally has that defense starting to hum. And reportedly, the Giants will be without Daniel Jones. Now, there's a chance that that changes. He is dealing with a neck injury. But if he is not in there, that leaves them with Mike Glennon against the Flores coach defense. 
with a really, really beat up wide receiver core. They have had five pass catchers DNP at practice this week. I am liking the Finns at home really hot right now to continue their win streak. My third pick going on here is San Francisco versus the Seahawks. Now, San Francisco versus the Seahawks, I don't know how this is such a close game, but I got the 49ers minus three and a half. And I would take this in minus four and a half because I expect this to push. The 49ers are back. They have won four of their last five games. They are over 500 at six and five. And they have went through a little bit of a rush path with injuries. That slide came. That slide has went. And absent the Debo Samuel groin injury, which seems to set them out for a week or two, they are healthy and on the other side of things and really starting to churn. It doesn't help that San Francisco 3-1 and one as road favorites against the spread this season. So it's not like I should expect them to give this one up. More importantly, and more importantly, the Seattle Seahawks have been atrocious as of late. Russ can't cook ice like nothing is going well for him and I don't think this is going to be a big bounce back game for them even though they're at home now my fourth pick is the Ravens versus the Steelers I love a good gritty AFC North matchup and these games are usually won by defense I do one expect a bounce back performance from Lamar Jackson but I will still take the Steelers plus four and a half the Steelers are suspect against the run have given up almost five yards a carry, which is why I will not outright take the Steelers' money line. However, the Steelers are 4-2 and two against the spread as underdogs and undefeated as underdogs at home against the spread. They have won their last two games against the Ravens, and I look for them to cover in a close loss. Last pick, a little Monday night football action because this is a game that I have been really, really waiting for. Patriots versus the Bills. I am taking the Patriots plus three. And I will tell you, just take the Patriots money line. How are they dogs in this game? I have been saying this since the Kansas City game. The Bills are fraudulent. They are the 2020 Steelers all over again. The Bills have only played three teams with a winning record this season. And they have lost to two of them. The one team that they beat was Kansas City back when Kansas City could not get anything going. I just, look, even with the loss of Jadavius White, I thought this team was bad before that. The Patriots have been zooming and destroying teams with a wide margin of victory. The Bills are 7-3 in their last 10 games against Bill Belichick. And I honestly expect the return back to form as the Patriots control the AFC East and possibly the AFC with writ large. Now, those are my five fly picks. Let me know. Do you disagree with any of these? Are you going to fade any of them? Are you going to ride along and tail? I actually feel like this is a hot week coming on for me. Now, let's move into the playoff picture in the AFC. I want to break this one down for you from the buy to the wild cards because i think some interesting things will happen at the bottom and some things that should be predictable for people by now will happen at the top but the patriots the patriots the patriots i think they will win the afc and get the buy and the road to the super bowl will go through foxborough how do you like them apples look i anticipate they end the season 12 and 5 
this is interesting because they could actually win out and easily go 13 and four. And I would not be surprised. I truly believe that they will be able to beat the bills twice. I think they should finally beat the dolphins at the tail end of things, but the Colts are actually a quite realistic trap game for the Patriots right now. Now the Patriots will probably finish out 12 and five, just a game over where I had them coming into the season at 11 and six. And sometimes it feels good to be right. Now, number two, I will take the Ravens coming out the AFC at the second spot. The inconsistency is going to be what gets to the Ravens and cost them the buy this season. They will probably also go 12 and five, but they will lose out on the by because of the interconference record of the Patriots being the tiebreaker there. The Ravens are going to have to see the Packers December 19th, and then they're going to have to see the Bengals who already whopped them this season. I can see them finishing out four and two with another rough stretch of games that has us questioning them. Third, I got the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will finish out 11 and six. I believe they go four and two from here on out. And now they really make a run which, by the way, they are on a four-game win streak. They can absolutely make that run. They can come back and actually end up also going 12-5, and five, but the tiebreakers will all break the same way, lead them into third spot. So it's not that I just believe that the Chiefs are done, but the Chiefs dug themselves such a large hole, it's going to be really difficult for them to win the division because they no longer control their own destiny. Now the fourth spot is going to go to the Tennessee Titans, and the Tennessee Titans will complete their slide and just barely avoid the wild card race, winning a close division against the Colts. And this is based on me thinking over these last five games, the Titans will go probably about two and three. The Titans will pull out another stinker against bottom feeders like the Texans and the Jags this week, which will give them the ability to win those next two games. But absent that, they'll probably lose those other three. They are out the playoffs altogether if they lose more than three games these final five weeks because at nine and eight, they will allow a second team, I believe, most likely from the AFC West to sneak on in through into the playoffs. And my money would be the Chargers if we get all the way down there. Now, we keep it moving. The five spot, the second team from the AFC North is not the Steelers. It is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, who they in the playoffs. Now, look. Joe Burrow is going to be excellent, and the Bengals will make the playoffs book it. They are having a tough closing schedule, but this team plays up to competition. They have the surging 49ers, the Ravens, and the Chiefs in their last five games, but they've already beat the Ravens once, and I believe they are capable of beating the 49ers. They'll also get the Browns and Broncos, which is helpful. Two teams that they've already been able to beat down, absolutely, so they should pick back up and be able to get one more big winner. So that allows them to get into the playoffs. The sixth seed, I believe, is going to be the Bills. The Bills have a lot of Titans feel to them, or as I said earlier, Steelers in 2020 feel, but people will have to see them in the end of the season. They will have a rough December. They have the Bucks, Pats, and then the Pats again in the next four weeks. I think they they look good coming into the playoffs and probably fool a lot of people, especially in Bill's Mafia, into thinking that they can have a run, particularly because they get the Falcons and the Jets in their last two weeks. However, this is a team that I truly believe to be a first-round exit because they have not been able to establish the running game, and Matt Breida is their best hope. 
the final wild card spot. Now, look, the final wild card spot, I think it's going to go to the Indianapolis Colts. I truly believe the Indianapolis Colts would go nine and eight and streak into that last spot in the playoffs. And this last game against Tampa that they lost is probably what cost them the division. But this team has been really good as of late, running the ball really well. And I think as conditions get poor, they'll lean on that run game more. They'll lean on that defense more and they'll just be able to eke it all the way out at the very end. Those are the teams that I have making it out of the AFC. Next week, I'm going to give you my NFC bracket before I give you the breakdown all the way until the Super Bowl. Let me know what you think. Am I sleeping on anybody here? I know a lot of people had a lot of AFC West teams doing pretty good. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. I told you the Raiders were trash, but that's neither here nor there. Let's keep it moving, and we'll finish it off with the Ballers Bouquet. It's the final segment of the show the heart of the show too often in the media people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due here i like to make a change and this week's ballers bouquet is actually really special because thanksgiving just happened and i think a lot of people finally remember this clip of marshall lynch talking to some teammates on the sideline saying he's about to go back to the hood and give out some turkeys now look A lot of NFL players do this in their home communities, in their team communities, and it's really important. So I wanted to shout out a good five of them that really made a difference this Thanksgiving in a lot of people's lives by giving them the ability to gather with their family, have good food, and enjoy the holidays. So the first is going to be Akeem Hicks from the Chicago Bears. He did his fourth annual Thanksgiving turkey distribution. Jarvis Landry did his second Thanksgiving drive, handed out a thousand turkeys and affixes to local residents. Mario Addison of the Bills gave a turkey giveaway for 300 families in his hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, then gave 10 more families a gift card to get the rest of their dinner on him. Shaq Barrett, of course, more Tampa Bay boys partnered with Rebuilt Meals, gave 75 families Thanksgiving meals in Tampa. Anthony Harris of the Eagles provided more than 100 foster families in need with Thanksgiving meals in Philadelphia. These are just five I wanted to highlight. There are really so many athletes like this each and every single year giving back and blessing people during the holidays and just wanted to make sure that we do our part. Shout out a couple of them. And that was this week's Ballers Bouquet. Now, All right, that is it for episode 62. How do y'all like the new layout? Y'all see me shining back here, making some changes. I want to say I appreciate each and every single one of y'all that are popping through, listening to the episodes, or even just listening to the clips. I appreciate all of y'all, whether it's on Spotify, Audia, Apple Music, YouTube, just on Instagram, Twitter, etc., Look out for episode 63 next week. The fly route pod, the fly route pod, the fly route pod, the fly route pod, the fly route pod.